All right, gents, you're listening to the Gird Up Podcast. I am Charlie Ungemach. I'm the founder and curator of this thing. I um, hope that you're enjoying it. hope that we're enriching your life, helping you to grow as a man of God. Um, I'm praying that uh, whatever part of the journey you're on, the Lord continues to speak into you as you grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. If you uh, like what you're hearing on this podcast, make sure you're following us on social media. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. You get all the details at the end of the podcast and the outro after you listen to the whole thing. Um, and then make sure you join on the Facebook community on so the Gird Up community on Facebook as well. It's a good opportunity to get network with other Christian men, uh, share some wins and losses and experiences. We can use our collective wisdom to help each other grow as men of God. It's also a great place to find encouragement. And we hope we see you over there very, very soon. Uh, come join us in the, the Gird Up community on Facebook. And then last, guys, this podcast it does not charge you for its content. So we do not make you pay to hear what we have to say. Uh, we put this content out there for free for you guys and for men all over the world who are chasing after lives of Christian service, chasing after what it really means to be a man of God. And so if you want to help us bring that content to more men like you all over the world who are pursuing a life of service to Christ, um, you can support us financially. We have a Patreon account, all the information that goes along with that Patreon account is at the end of the podcast in the outro, uh, but you can pledge a few dollars a month, you can pledge a one-time gift, you can do whatever you like, you can format however you want, but if the Lord guides you, if the Lord puts it on your heart that you support our ministry, we would love it um, if you could go over there um, and help us get keep this thing rolling and give you guys the best content possible. Last, uh, we are offering opportunities to sponsor episodes and put your own advertisements on this podcast. If that sounds like a good thing to you, if you want thousands of men of God who listen to this podcast to hear about your organization or your group or whatever it is, um, feel free to reach out to me and we can work out the details. Today's episode is sponsored by Him and Her Worship, so you're going to hear their advertisement in a couple seconds when I'm done talking fast. Um, and if you want your ad to be in that spot, you can go ahead and let me know. Uh, we'll work out the details. Like I said, you can sponsor an episode or two of this podcast. Finally, guys, before we get started, there is a men's conference coming up on March 23rd in Exonia, Wisconsin. I know it's a hike for some of you guys, but if you live in the Wisconsin-Minnesota area and you're looking for an opportunity to grow as a man of God, the Iron Men of God conference is in Exonia, Wisconsin, uh, March 23rd. I've been talking to Glenn. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a great conference. Um, they have a lot of cool stuff lined up. It's a little bit different than the Men of His Word conference. It's set up a little bit differently, um, but it's going to be just great speakers and good camaraderie. It's all in one big giant room. Uh, lots of opportunities to interact with other men, do some networking, and grow as a man of God. So look forward to seeing you there. If you are at that conference, make sure you stop by the booth and say hi to us. Maybe I'll get you in a little interview here, um, whatever it might be. Um, we just, well, I hope we see you there, um, and we hope that you keep growing as men of God. Um, Today's interview is with Mr. Seth Herlick from Him and Her, like I was talking about earlier. It's an awesome interview. He's a fascinating young man. His, uh, the, the ministry that they are doing is top-notch. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, in the future here, we've got a couple more episodes with um, Pastor Steinberg. We've got a couple episodes with Mark Paustian, um, JT McCraw. We've got all kinds of guys coming on a podcast in the future here. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. I hope, you, I hope you're sharing it with people that you know and that you love. Um, but most of all, I hope that you're growing as a man of God. Um, let's get into the episode, guys. Here we go. Hello, this is Seth and Jenna Herlick, and we are also known as Him and Her Worship. We are also the creators of the What Do I Know podcast, where we talk about life while having very little life experience ourselves. We are a normal couple, passionate about lighting hearts on fire for Jesus, who just happened to play music. 
We write our own original worship music and we play in churches all around the country and we'd love to connect with you. We have lots of ways for you to do that. On Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify, we are at Him and Her Worship and we have a website and we are himandherworship.com. Also check out our podcast at Apple Podcasts and other streaming platforms. God bless you. Thanks so much for your time and we cannot wait to meet you in person. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. Yeah. We got Mr. Seth Hurlick. Woo! And Jenna. We have a Jenna. Hey, Jenna. What's up, Jenna? All right. You guys are sitting in my kitchen. This is yes, awesome. This is and awesome. You are the Hurlicks. You're of him and her. Yes. So talk about him and her. Him and her. It is a worship band that uh, it's just us two, duo. We play worship music. We travel the country, play worship music. It's a good time, fun time. Yeah. All so right. that's us. So how, like, how does this start? Like you guys, last time I saw you guys, you weren't doing this. So yes. how do you get into this? So, um, do I go back to the beginning of time? <laughs> it's the beginning of you two, I'd say. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll go back to the beginning. <laughs> oh, man. So, I'm just going to... I'm all about honesty. So, this is the second time around. Um, <laughs> yeah, I deleted the first one. It was good. We're going to fit the same amount of content in in yeah. like 10 minutes less, though. So save you guys, the listeners, some time. Yes, that is the truth. Yeah. So uh, long story short, basically, I went to MLC. No, actually, we'll go back to when Jen and I started dating. What? Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're not here. <laughs> so Jen and I started dating in high school. We did like the music thing. It was really fun. And we were in like prep singers and we played music a bit. And music has kind of always been a thing that we were into. Went to MLC. Prep singer is the pinnacle of musical performance. Literally, the pinnacle. Doesn't Does it go up from any there. better than that. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't, I swear. So, anyway, so that is, uh, we, we uh, yeah, we did that. And then I went to MLC. And my personal life kind of fell apart at MLC. Um, yeah, blew out my knee playing football. Wasn't for me. About that. Yeah. I was there. I was there for you, bro. I know. I it just wasn't for me. And uh <laughs> yeah, and I ended up getting kicked out and not just for grades. I yeah. I I think I kind of uh <laughs> self-deprecated there. Yeah, so. it goes one of two ways. Either you like figure it out or you really don't. Yeah. yeah. That was and honestly like I think because of the the way we're kind of raised in that sense, I mm-hmm. feel like I felt like I had to be a pastor in this sense. And well, I mean, so you went through the prep schools and everything. Uh, yeah. And when you come through, it's like, this is my calling. And then when you are there and you're like, I don't think this is my calling, but I can't say no to God. Yeah. And that's like really deep seated, heavy, heavy stuff. And I like, I can't leave. I can't leave MLC. I can't do it because my parents will be disappointed. I'll be like disappointing all these people that thought I should be a pastor. And so I, my subconscious did it for me, I think, and just kind of, yeah, I just didn't show up. So, oh man, 
goodness. <laughs> Which professionals. In yes, me. yes. So, like, leaving MLC, it kind of hit rock bottom, right? Literally rock bottom, yeah. I ended up back at home with my parents, and I lived at home for, like, three years. And I, it was And horrible. you didn't leave them? Yeah, Jenna did not leave me, which is insane. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, so I uh yeah, I was at home for 3 years and it was so it was really hard. Yeah. But I somehow got through it. It was kind of like one of those things where your life kind of like spirals out of control and then you hit rock bottom and then you just kind of like all right, there's two options. It's either we turn the switch off or we like figure it out. And yeah. luckily I didn't I didn't uh t- Turn the switch, yeah. Which was close. Yeah, it was by close. The grace of God. <laughs> yes, by the grace of God, it was close. And uh, yeah, I like got a job, and then a job led to like more opportunity, and then like it kind of like started to happen for me, and things happened. And then the big thing is I moved out of my parents' basement to Minnesota, and that's when I was able to like turn it around for real. And Jen and I like a lot of things started happening, and then Jen and I got married. And then, yeah, so that was, like, the awesome stuff. And then, so we arrived at, like, life was going well. And so I don't have a college degree. And I got, like, a legitimate good job at an aviation company. And I was, like, traveling, like, international travel. Had, like, the 401K and the life and (laughs) all the insurance. And it's like, yes, like, I've arrived. Like, I shouldn't have this job. I don't have a college degree. And, like, the money. And, like, I was, like, legitimately miserable. Like, miserable. And Jenna was teaching, and she was miserable. And we were like, okay, so this isn't, like, if this is what, like, you believe that this is this is it. Like, we've arrived at what we're supposed to do, and we hate it. So, awesome. This sucks, basically. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Like, oh, money can't actually buy happiness. Awesome. So then what we decided was we need to figure something out that'll, like, what we're passionate about or whatever. So we like would go on these long walks and we had this this uh book and we would just write in it like oh yeah like we want to build furniture or like I was going to flip motorcycles or make a YouTube channel about motorcycles or something you know something and then we arrived at like oh let's travel and then travel went to like hashtag van life we're going to build a van and travel and then like rent it out and then we're like that probably won't work out financially and then that went from that to well, I think traveling could work, but it'll cost us money. And then that went to, oh, let's like play music because we know how to play music. We play for church. I think we could probably break even. And then that evolved into playing worship music at churches and a 30,000, 20,000 mile tour. And now we're here. Yeah. So like, how do you get you like that sounds like it really happened fast. It did. So it actually, like, how happened. do you get from like sitting in, in the sitting in your living room going, you know what? We want to we want to travel the country yeah. to playing concerts all over the place. Oh, this is this is really good. So seriously, this is crazy. It's it happened really fast. So I think we so right now what is it February? Mm-hmm. I think about this time we decided to do this like a year ago. So it's literally only been a year. It went from I I sat down with my brother-in-law who's the pastor of our church and I think he kind of gave us permission i think a lot of people that like have ideas need permission yeah oh yeah for sure right because it's like oh this is yeah this is we've actually been talking about this a lot because it's like as an entrepreneur like if you have an entrepreneurial spirit or like you have an idea it's like something that you like you go through your mind over and over and over again and it's like in your heart and i think it's like you have this feeling of like it's possible to do but it's like scary and not real 
until someone in your life that loves you and like has some kind of touch point in your life says like, you should do it. And that's all you need. It's like, boom. And that was the thing. We were sitting in a Panera and he's like, why don't you just play for churches? And I like, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> and like for, I told Jenna and she's like, oh my gosh, that'll totally work. And then like that went from, it literally went from that to, we called our friend John Witte. Like we need music videos so that we can prove that we can play music to churches. And then like in a week we had that happening and then we're like, we need equipment. And like, we just gathered all these people around us that knew how to get done what we needed to get done. And we just did it. And it was crazy. And I I remember, (laughs) I remember being at work. And so, like I said, I had this aviation job and there was one day when I was literally on the phone, like getting a loan for our, our transit van so that I could drive that night so we hadn't even bought this van. I so like I was on the phone with getting a loan to buy the van so that I could drive to Kentucky that morning, next morning, <laughs> to get our camper. And it would like it was like one like the the emotions were so crazy. I just remember being like, life is insane. Like that that part was such a blur. And like, I think we went on tour, like the first week of June, and there was I remember, <laughs> I remember the day before we left, we were sitting down eating supper at midnight and we're like we haven't eaten yet today this was our first meal because we were so busy like we were building our set we we built our set out of uh out of we built this set out of pvc which is really it actually sounds probably sounds cheesy but it's pretty cool it works out really well but we built it in a menards like the day before we left like all this like crazy (laughs) like all the the crazy things that people talk about like to get their business off the ground like that was exactly what was happening and i remember like we got we packed all of our stuff into our camper and our van and we like drove and i felt i remember that feeling of like but then we both realized we hadn't even built our set list for our concert yet (laughs) so we're like all the the, we were we were sitting in a in a camp everything done except the thing that makes the money flow (laughs) yes (laughs) yes that's like how it works though like like um you, I mean, you started this. I'm oh. sure. You know, it's like it's like okay. It was literally like I'm lonely. Like I need, I need a hobby. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's triage, right? It's oh, like okay, yeah. what is the biggest problem I need to solve? Yeah, solve that personal triage. Yes. Yeah. Next thing, what's the second biggest problem? And then it's like, well, we have a concert, but that's like seven days away, so we need to get our vehicle going. And once we're there, we're like we're good. <laughs> we can figure out a concert. We literally sat in the church, so we were playing a concert, and we built our concert. And went through songs for the first time the day of our first concert. But it was great. Like, we had played enough at that point. Like, it wasn't a big thing. And, like, we figured it out. And that concert was way too long. It was, like, an hour and a half. And so, we're like, okay, that's too long. Let's cut out. And we just refined it the whole way. And now it's, like, now it's locked in. So, that's kind of how it works. Like, being an entrepreneur, it's like that. So, how do you get, get, like, into churches? Okay. So, basically... um, would you say a lot of people that listen to this are Wells or no, not really? Uh, not anymore. We got a lot of people like international people too, which is that's cool. awesome. Us too. We have an international people that listen to us too. That's interesting. So uh, we get like China, Hong Kong, yeah, Chile, Russia, Russia. Really love us I for some reason. I haven't preached Russia. Yet. <laughs> it's because of the way you look, man. Probably, probably <laughs> it's the way you look. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> so what was the question i don't remember how do you get into churches oh yeah, yeah so basically we we are part of this like church body that um is pretty interconnected so jenna basically we okay so we knew we wanted to go west coast east coast and we built the tour around that and we sent out i think in between 500 and 1000 emails to each coast and we got the perfect like 15 on each coast 
We're like, that's all we need. Like, and then basically we decided like, we need to make this minimum amount of money and per gig. And so if we like have 15 gigs, this should work out. And that's how, that's kind of how we did it. It was like really bootstrap. Like this is, we kind of, everything was guesstimates. Were you just like breaking even or you make money on that tour? Um, our goal was to break even. Okay. But Did we, you? no, we, 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 we made a profit. Okay. Is that like passing a hat or how does that work? So basically, um, it kind every church was a bit different. Um, we had our minimum and normally our minimum was met via, uh, door offering or, you know, offering. Mm-hmm. And, um, but some churches were like, look, we have a budget for this. We'll give you a check. And also this and that. So it was, every place was different, but like, God bless, like, we were super blessed. Like, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, what is tour life like then? Do you, do you guys sleep in your van or what? <laughs> no, we had a camper and we slept in that. And um, <sighs> tour life is crazy. <laughs> so, we traveled. I want to say we're on the road for, like, two and a half months. And we traveled 20,000 miles. So, first off, that was way too many. Way too <laughs> many miles. But it was really amazing. Um. I think like Jenna, she had never built a tour before. So she did her best to like, I think we can make it from this place to this place in this many days. And our goal, I think we'd played on average two to three in between two and four. I think, yeah, two and four gigs a week. And so like normally it was kind of like a drive set up, play, maybe have, a day or two off, kind of like the day, one day to two days off. But a lot of that time was filled with driving. But the cool thing is we went to like 11 national parks. So like, oh, wow. we got cool. to like see amazing things and like, we got to hang out and like, so we built it around, like we broke even, but we also did have some free time to do amazing stuff. And we met so many amazing people too. It was so cool. It was so cool. So yeah, like tour life is, it's exactly what you would imagine it being like, it's a mixture of like working super hard, like not eating a lot and like, you know, the hard work. Drugs. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. All of those. I apologize. All of those. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of them. The whole spectrum. Anyway, uh, so tour life. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Totally hijacked my own podcast. No, there. it's all good. Go. It's all good. Yeah. So it's like exactly like what you would think it is. It's, you know, it's not sexy though. I think a lot of people... It's at least at our level, it's not sex. Like we set up it ourselves. We tear it down. We we get there early. We stay there late. Like we're the first ones to get there and the last ones to leave, and which is really cool. That's why we're making a documentary because we like want to show. I think I think so many people get caught up in like the the sexiness of things, and it's like the sexiness of something is not enough to make you want to do it. Like, oh, yeah. you have to be passionate about it because there's no reason, like I have unloaded and loaded our van and un, like a countless amount of times and it's heavy and it's a lot of work and no one knows, you know, no one knows. <laughs> yeah. So I feel well, like I, when you're sitting at a piano, nobody cares either. Nobody does. It's crazy. And that's, what's so interesting is like, I think uh, people really get caught up in like the, fame of things or like the recognition of things and it's like if you are after that you will it's just like not you won't satisfy you know yeah so anyway tour life is very much that is like mostly work a lot of work and a lot of driving and a lot of 
like exhaustion and points of like breaking like low <laughs> points you know like sitting in you know mechanics you know sitting in a mechanics uh waiting room you know hanging out oh like, yeah like when the truck breaks down i suppose it's kind of a yeah. damper in your uh, yeah tour. luckily we didn't have any breakdowns but like we would do like the big like between really big drives or after a certain amount of time we're like can we get our van checked out to make sure yeah. we're good and so like stuff like that but the cool thing is is like the pace Okay, so two really interesting things that come from being on the road. Number one, the pace of life is really interesting because you are not in the normal pace of life, which is like you sit in your house, you get in your car, you drive to work, you get in your car and you come home. It's like we like just have this freedom to kind of do what we do. So you like have time to just talk to random people. And the cool thing is, is too, like when you have a a white transit van and a small camper, like people are like, who are you? Why are you from Minnesota? Why are you in California? Yeah. And they ask questions and all of a sudden you like meet these people that have been on. I mean, the the cool, there was this couple that we met in Washington and they had this like short bus, like a short, like literally short bus yeah. that they had turned into a, a like a camper van that they lived in. And they were like the hippiest people I've ever <laughs> met. Literally. This is what they did for money. So they would travel around and they would find sage and lavender growing wild and they would pick it and sell it at like uh, tiny home conventions and stuff. And I'm like, that's what you do. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like you're the craziest people I've ever met. So like we met people like that or like retired couples that would just like hop from one national park to another and work the summer. And then they'd go to the next one and go to the next one. So that was, it was amazing. Like meeting people from all over. You know, so that was really cool. Yeah. So do you guys, like, when you're at church, do you play worship services or is it a concert or how does that work? Yeah, it's it's all worship. So basically, it's a worship concert or worship service. Um, we've done both, but right now we're really working on trying to do mostly worship services. Sorry, I said that wrong. Worship <laughs> concerts. Yeah, concerts. Just trying to get out of worship services. Yeah, so, like, I think artistically, um, I feel like we have to compromise a bit to do so like we have in a concert we have the ability to be truly who we are and we control the environment we control the atmosphere we control how it feels and that is like what we're really passionate about i like to use the word curating because i think like oh I, yeah, cu- yeah yeah i truly believe that we're cur- curating a worship experience we use those three words curating worship experience because that's like what we are really passionate about and when you play on a sunday morning it's like we play the music mm-hmm so I feel like um, in a true sense, like we have to make a small or maybe a little bit bigger compromise of our artisticness to fit in that that box. Yeah, but absolutely. the thing is, is that right now we are in the middle, we're in the grind of like the music thing, you know, so yeah. we are having to make that compromise, I think, so that we can get more people to see us. And I think that's a good way to get people to see you is like they and they're going to yeah. go to church, right? Yeah. So, but we're I think we're getting really close to having enough of a like the momentum is like people are reaching out. So I think we're getting close enough to be able to just host concerts, and like that's a good enough kind of thing. So we're I think we're right on the verge, but I don't know how far we are away from that. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, that's kind of where. So we're what at. are like next steps? Oh, next steps. That has been the most complicated thing that we've been dealing with lately <laughs> so i don't know ex- well you talked about a documentary yeah so in a live album or an album 
Yes. So we're working towards an album. We have like, I think in between 10 and 15 songs, kind of almost there. I think right now we're like performing five songs. So like that means that they're like pretty well there, but other ones are like, you know, three quarters of the way or whatever. So that I think is going to be somewhere in the fall. Um, It's complicated though, because we, so I think most of our, like our vibe that we have that attract people to us is like, or at least the, the artistic side that we want to, to have is that we are who we are. Like we're not like faking anything. And the problem is with like studio music is that it's like, the most perfect level of who you are. It's like, I mean, have you ever done anything in the studio before? Not a whole lot. Yeah. So like you're a musician, but like, it's like, okay, let's do, um, that chorus 20 times. (laughs) And then, and then I'm like eight. You're not so excited about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And so the thing that's really intriguing to me about a live album is it's like, this is like a, a timestamp in time. And also it is literally what it is. So like it it brings a ton of human into it, which I think is really important. So our goal is to to record that album, multi-track it out, and also have a production team in and film the whole thing so that we'd have a a huge amount of content. The thing that we're struggling with right now though is that realistically, I'm projecting that that's probably a fifteen to twenty thousand dollar investment. So we're not exactly sure where that money comes from. Um basically right now we're working on a couple like we paid a lot of money to have this documentary happen and we're also working on a couple singles that are going to be coming out and we might shop that around to see if there's potentially any interest like record Mm -hmm. labels thing but again the music scene is really complicated right now well you say you don't make your money on the music right right so this the thing that's so weird about music is like, so if you're a musician and you make a song, like you can put it on, like YouTube is pretty much valueless until you get to a certain point. But like music on YouTube is like pretty much valueless. Spotify is a tenth of a cent per play. So, and who buys CDs? Like no one. So the actual place where you make your money is in two places, either merchandise or in live experience. So that's the thing that's complicated for us is like, do you compromise? So, okay. So the music scene right now is like there isn't money in album sales where there used to be. So there was a ton of opportunity for record deals before because making a record was an ungodly expensive (laughs) endeavor, right? Because, but now with the way that technology has evolved, like, it's not that expensive to make an album, but it's just, it's weird. So like what we are struggling with is like, we believe that, that, that extra money from a record label would be a huge help for us. Right. Oh yeah. But the problem is, is like the handcuff. It's like, what, mm-hmm. what do I have to give up to get this 20 grand? Is it worth it? Cause I think that it, we could probably find that money somewhere else. So that's where we've been right at the moment. We're in the middle of like, we know that we're going to put out this album. We just don't know how totally and when totally, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, so that's where we're stuck. You say, and, and and right now most of your profit is coming from 
live concerts. Right? All of it. Yeah. yeah. All of it. Okay. So like, I'm sure you know this, like basically every, like all of our marketing, all of our content is all pushing towards our live show. Right. Cause yeah. it's like, um, if we have a documentary to you to watch, what am I, what is my ultimate goal for you is that you fall in love with me and my wife and our experience and you come to the live show, right? Like that's, so everything's pushing towards the live show and we're trying to figure out how to manage that because ultimately, so this is the thing that we're in. I, I have an LLC. Like I, I personally have, um, a, like a subcontracting business as well. And I also teach music lessons. And the thing that's kind of the struggle is like we fully committed this summer and we made a living doing it. But afterwards it was like, holy crap, that was like a huge like endeavor. <laughs> and also like, can we sustain that? I don't know. So the thing is, is that we kind of like pulled it back a little bit and we reevaluated and we, I mean, we're, we're booked, but we aren't, full like we're kind of doing it three quarters i guess jenna's fully running our business but like i'm also bringing money in other ways and we also we're contracted to help a church start their their contemporary worship so we do that as well and we play for our church so we we're, we're running like two ministries and i have two other jobs yeah but that i that i'm self-employed so it's not really it's like so like we're really pretty spread thin so we're trying to figure out how to basically go fully commit again which looks like probably going on tour for a year potentially that's a long tour yeah dude and that like texas gotta be crazy on something like that yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know you know i don't know it's it's so it's so hard because i think and jen and i have been you know praying a lot about this and and trying to figure out exactly exactly what it looks like because you know, I don't know. It's like, I don't think any any decision is the wrong decision. It's just like, what's the best way? And I think we both truly feel like we're right on the verge of like, like people are reaching out to us now. Like we're point, we're past the point of we don't have to beg. You know, we're like getting momentum. And it's just like, we're in that middle moment, that moment of waiting. So we're trying to figure out like what the future holds. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So when uh, when people come to your worship like experience, what what are they gonna what what can they look forward to? Oh, like what does it look like? Frame that for us. Yeah. So the biggest thing, our goal, number one goal, is we want it to be a very comfortable place. Um, and this is actually interesting because I think like you have this is a men's ministry, so I feel like men are like this. Is my I don't know. We go there, that emotional place. Yeah. And surprisingly, like, we have amazing, amazing, um, what's the word? Like, response from men. Like, right. You're talking, you and Jenna go there emotionally. Yes. Yes. So, like, we, we, like, we create an environment that's, I don't, again, I don't like this word safe, but, like, that's, it, that's what we're trying to create is a place where people feel comfortable to, like, bring th- themselves. Right. You guys are transparent. Yes. And you're really genuine about it too. If I can put that out there. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So like, that's the whole thing is like, we're trying to be authentic and genuine and real and that, so it like creates this atmosphere that's very palpable. And when you create that, like we've literally had people say to like, they'll be like, after like, right when we start, 
they have communicated this to us afterwards, but they'll like turn to their spouse or something and be like, can you feel that? So like we are actually creating a feeling and it's probably the Holy Spirit. I don't know. But like <laughs> most likely that's probably what it is. You see tongues of flame. Above people's no, heads no tongues. No, unfortunately, <laughs> none of that. But like that's, so that's the thing. Like we're after this um, very real emotional experience, which I feel like a lot of people are like, no, I don't want to go there. But I think everyone craves. Like yeah. I think everyone is like, especially with like social media and like the world that we live in is so fake that when you create something that's real vulnerable and authentic, it's like you can't like you can't resist it. So ultimately, that's what we are creating. We're creating these environments. And how do you shape that? Like, how do you get there? How do you build that? So it really starts with us. Um, a really, uh, I would say a mentor slash kind of friend. Um, the, his name's David Leonard. He's from All Sons and Daughters. He has, um, he kind of sh- showed me this, but he always, like at the beginning of one of the All Sons and Daughters concert, he would say, like, I'm going, we are going to worship here, up here, and you can do whatever you want to, to worship. So they, they, so he, their church and slash concerts were like the beginning of curating worship. So like they have like stations, they call it like worship stations. So they would have big canvases where you could paint while they sing and all these other things. Wow. So it's like a true, like, I'm going to, you can express yourself in any way. So that, so I always say that. Like we are going to sing up here. I don't, I say it more eloquently than that, but like (laughs) we are going to worship and there's this, the, like everything's going to be on the screen. You can sing along if you're familiar with it. Otherwise you can close your eyes. You can stand up, you can move whatever you need to do. But like, this is a place to worship and it's on you kind of a thing. And I really believe that when you give people permission to like be themselves, it's like, it like creates this vulnerability. That's very palpable. And so that's like, that's our big thing. And then the thing for Jenna and I is that we have to bring it, which is really emotionally taxing and tough. But like, it's like, if you pull open, like, it's like, like looking under the hood or whatever, if you pull it all open and like, look, I am not like, I do, I want you like, I'm not good. I'm a terrible sinner. I'm a terrible person. Like I struggle. I've, you know, you tell your story, you know, I'm suicidal. I got kicked out of MLC. You know, like you just say, you you know, you get kicked out of college, you say these kind of things and people are like, oh man, like sometimes we don't know if we're going to have enough money to pay our bills or, you know, you get, you go there or, and then, and then you start bringing like, we have so many people in our lives and from talking with people, we get all these stories. So it's like, mm-hmm. we're able to like speak truth, like people's struggles. And then once you go there, then other people is like, then they start going there. And then I, that's like the thing. It's like the permission thing. And then afterwards, you know, we always say like, we've been really vulnerable with you. If you want to be vulnerable back, like come talk to us, we'll pray for you. And man, like the thing it's, it's mind blowing the things that people bring. And then you pray. It's, it's so crazy though. You like hold your hands or you put your hands on them and you pray for them and it's transformative and it's so powerful, so powerful. So that's what we've been doing. It's awesome. Yeah. Man. Cool. So um when like when you talk about building building like that like worship like do you like is do you like playing pre worship music as people are coming in or like how do you like how do you transform a church? Um, you know, it's 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 a building, it's a space, right? Yeah. Um and it's it's traditionally used, especially in, in your setting is mostly Lutheran churches, right? Yes. Or all Lutheran churches. All Lutheran so, churches, yeah. Um like how do you transform that into what like you're you're imagining? Right? Yeah. Okay, so it's it's actually not that hard. So biggest thing is like lighting. So we don't use any of the actual church lighting. 
We bring in all our own lights. And um, so that's a huge thing is like setting a lighting mood. So we use really warm bulbs that are like low temperature, low light temperature. And we have, if the church has screens, we'll use their screens. Or if if not, we have our own screen. It's huge. It's like, I think it's like 15 or 20 feet wide. Oh. It's huge. Yeah. So like we truly create like an actual setting. And with, so you really own that space. Truly. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I like the building is a vessel a lot of times. And it's like, we create the environment inside the building, if that makes sense. Yeah. So what's the game? Like when, when people walk out of your concert, what are they, what, what's your goal? Ooh, I think so. We have a mantra that we just started couple of weeks ago and our mantra is that we, Jen and I are a normal couple and our passion is to light people's hearts on like uh, on fire for Jesus and we just happen to play music like that's our mantra so I think number one is we want people to feel like they have a relationship with us in the sense of like I am a real person and Jen is a real person and we have real struggles and every like we've traveled the country now and we know that everyone has these struggles so let's stop faking that we're all like perfect <laughs> yeah. and we've got it all yeah. together that's number one and then number two is that it's a call to action like if you're a christian your responsibility is to be on fire for jesus like you need to spread this you need to tell people you need to bring it and that's so that's our goal like if people are walking out it's like we want are like the most people the most like inspiring thing that someone can say to me afterwards is like that exact, like that was so inspiring or that was so moving, transformative. Like I'm going to do something about this, you know, kind of yeah. a thing. So that's, that's our goal. Awesome. So you guys will talk about your music a little bit. Yeah. So is it like your music? Is it covers? What, what's going on? So when we started, we wrote, uh, to, to get on tour, we thought that we needed to have original music. So that's, we wrote a, an EP called adventure calls, and we did it really fast. Honestly, we're really proud of it, but it was like a, I think a two or three week writing process. Wow. Which is it's like, nuts. <laughs> what, like the music we're working on now, we've been working on it since like, you know, when did we get back? Like real August, I think. So, I mean, we're talking, it probably won't be done for 12 months. And even that's probably not long enough, you know, truly. So we got, we got six songs put down. We had a friend come over and track them. And then we made a, like a full length movie music video that goes. So it's like 30 some minute long music video. It was an insane project. Jen and I, we go big. Like that's kind of <laughs> how we operate. So, um, yeah, that happened. And the thing was, is that I think at first Jen and I were really, I would use the word ashamed. Like we were not totally cool about like yeah. playing church worship music. And so we were like, you know, like let's, let's chase after like the secular side of it. And the thing that we realized, so we had some secular gigs, like coffee shops and bars, but like once we started playing churches, we realized like we literally have people's 100% full attention for an hour and we can like actually like facilitate change through God's help, obviously. But like we have some kind of power that's not normal. And if we were playing in a coffee shop or a bar, no one's listening to that. (laughs) That is a dark road. So, so at first everything kind of shifted and at like, we were, we'd be like, yeah, we're just, we're professional musicians. And then it was like, no, we're like, we're professional worship musicians. 
Oh no! Oh no! Okay, <laughs> so uh, long story short, the 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 computer died, so we are back yeah. in round two. Yeah. Technically round three. <laughs> <laughs> round three. <laughs> so back where I was at. So we were talking about um, basically Jen and I were feeling shame about being worship musicians, and I think like we were kind of on tour, and we kind of had that realization of like playing in bars and coffee shops sucks. Yeah, and. And we have this, like, we have this ability to have a captive audience and like sing about Jesus, which is awesome and be witnesses. So our whole attitude completely shifted and we were really proud and kind of like, like it shifted. And we, now we like say that we try our best to say that like we're worship professional worship musicians, which is, it sounds like not a big deal, but it's kind of a big deal. And like in our hearts, oh, you know? yeah, for sure. Cause you're all and the craziest part too, is that we've said it now so many times and like everyone always receives it really well, which is really weird. Like you think people are like, Oh, that's weird. Or like, Oh, whatever. But everyone's like, Oh really? And they like, the weirdest thing is then they automatically go to, I go to this church or I have this, I know this person or like my husband has been going through this. So it's like, it like opens this door in this weird way, which has been super cool. So yeah, that's kind of like, what about non-Christians? How do they react to that? I don't know. It's been kind of, I don't know if we've ever encountered a non-Christian when I said that, to be honest. Okay. I think some people um, definitely don't care at all, just about you being a musician even. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, so those people are kind of like, I feel like if they, I'm not saying that non-Christians do that, but I think of all the people that, like everyone's either said that's cool or they don't care kind of thing. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah. Which is really weird. So like going back to like the motivation thing, like truly you cannot get enough satisfaction from someone caring about what you do. (laughs) I agreed. It's, and it's really weird because I like in a real sense, I think I am moving into like Seth's childhood hero kind of a thing. (laughs) Yeah. But I think Seth's childhood hero, what like Seth's yeah Seth's childhood thought of me, is not reality, which mm-hmm. is really weird. Kind of like, like you think of I think a lot of people are after like the, the feeling of something is like I want to be the president because I think everyone would think about me in this way because I'm the president. But if that's your like underlying motivation, you would never be able to handle it because that's not enough to get you through something like that. So it's really interesting how like that mind shift is. And truly I think, and most people know this, but like if you're not passionate about something, that's like truly the only thing that'll motivate you to do it is passion because there's not enough money in the world. There's not enough like compliments to make you do anything that you're truly not passionate about. I think. Yeah. Agreed. So that's been, that's been interesting. I think. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, next steps. I said earlier, didn't let you answer. Next steps. Where do you go from here? So, long term, I think, I think truly, like, this is kind of what we're good at. Um, I actually, I think I said this. I was, we were quoted for Bread for Beggars post, and I truly believe that, like, I'm, like, at least me, I can't speak for Jenna, but I think I'm afflicted with, like, this thing, like, of writing music and creativity and stuff. Do you know the, are you familiar with the Enneagram? The what? The Enneagram. It's like a Myers-Briggs type thing, right? Kind of, but it's like the nine personalities of God. It's, oh. dude, you have to read the book. Okay. Ian Crone, um, 
the road back to you. So I'm a four, and on the I think I'm a four wing three. You should totally, dude. It's so it's so in right now. Um, <laughs> it's so in. Yes, it is. So <laughs> everybody's doing it. Yeah, so. yeah. You have to. No. <laughs> um, but I'm a four wing three, I think. But specifically a four, which is an individualist. It's like the true. Oh no, the table almost just broke. It's like um, the true uh, artist personality, I guess you could say. Yeah. And I like this. I like have to do this kind of stuff yeah. truly to like be satisfied with existence. And when yeah. I think of like back at college when I wasn't doing it, it's like life doesn't seem to be going well if I'm not doing that. So I truly think that this this avenue of life is kind of destiny in a real sense or a calling, whatever, however you want to say it. So the next steps is like, again, we're trying to write our album. Um, I hope like full time is what uh, what we're really after is like, truly being able to pour into it completely and like other thing too is like the thing that's really tough and i don't want to use the word compete but jenna and i literally do everything for our business like jenna is the administration she does all the administrative work um i take care of like all of the technology side like making sure that our equipment's up to date and all that stuff and kind of take care of like the traveling stuff and and Jenna manages all of our social media and all the contacts. And then we build our concerts and we, so like we are actually doing, which is, I'm not complaining about this, but it's just like, we are, our hands are in a lot of different avenues. And I think a lot of true artists do one thing and that's write music and play music and perform music. So mm-hmm. the more, the, I, the more we can let go of, I'm, I'm really excited about that kind of stuff too, even though I think it's pretty far down the road, but that's kind of where I see it all headed so yeah yeah so cool all right so if people want to uh experience what you have to offer what what do they got to do so it's super easy so we kind of rebranded in january so we are tech we are now um him and her worship and you can find us on facebook instagram we have a patreon him and her worship that has exclusive content which is really cool youtube him and her worship website all that good stuff and yeah like that's that's the place to find us um as i said at the beginning like we're doing music should be coming out soon some really cool music um our documentary stuff like that so really cool stuff awesome and your website again is www.himandherworship.com good and it sounds like you're pretty uh pretty open about like having conversations with people and meeting people so yes um people want to contact you they're welcome to do so yeah they can reach out on i think there's like a form submission page and our email to him and her worship at gmail.com so it's super easy but i do really want to say one other thing go ahead um so about jenna and i have this um i would say philosophy on like what makes a true artist an artist but i think this actually transcends artistry and just kind of people that are good with what they do and the reason why i say it is because i said it in the first one and then it got deleted so i have to say this sorry it's okay it's okay (laughs) so because i think this is really i think this is really powerful and i think if you if a person can live their life in this from this place i think like it would really be transformative for them so wake it up lock it in here we go yes so here it is yes here's here's seth and jenna wisdom So the difference between an artist, I believe, that makes it or doesn't make it is three things. Number one, that they have talent. Two, that they're authentic. And three, they're believable. And the way that I kind of put it is like truly 
everyone is talented. Like I think of like music wise, like, like think of the voice. Everyone on the voice is unbelievably good at singing, like unbelievably good at singing. And they don't have a music career. And it's like, so, okay, so why do they not have a music career? And I truly believe that the next two things are the most critical part. Uh, There's a, there's a movie called, um, Oh, what's it called? Stars born. Born. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a scene with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga and they're sitting in a bar and Bradley Cooper turns Lady Gaga and he's just like, like everyone in this room has talent. Like everybody has talent, but if you don't have anything to say, then you're a nobody. And I think that is the difference. I think the reason why so many people, the reason why you love the artists that you love is because they are truly authentic to who they are as a person and they communicate that. And then the biggest thing that I think is the next step is that you believe them. So it's like, not only do they have a story, but they communicate it so well that you're like unbelievably emotionally invested in what they do. And I think like that is like a true essence of like being an authentic person is that is like, that's it, I think. So Jen and I are like on a mission to be that. We say this all the time. Like I know that I, like if I was on The Voice, I would never win The Voice. Like in same with Jenna, Jenna would say the same thing. Like we would never win The Voice. But the difference is between like just having talent is that we have an actual story to tell and that we we're gonna like share that story um a great artist that i always use as an example because there's a couple artists but i think um chris stapleton is like one of the truest Ah, he's awesome so there's a song called either way and it's a super sad song about basically getting a divorce with his wife or not but not him but a, a person getting a divorce but the and it's just a guitar and his singing and like it's like there's so much pain in it and it's so it's like the most haunting song, but there's you just believe it so much. And I think that's the thing about like if you ever listen to him talk, he's like one of the most humble people ever. He's like he's like the good old like he's just like a guy, you know? Yeah. And I yeah. think I don't know. Well, the, he's one of the most decorated music literally like, popular music composers of all time. And he's like shy. And it, it's like this <laughs> yeah. thing, and I think I don't know, it's it's interesting because I don't know. I just think that that if you are Oh man. Um, so C.S. Lewis, when he talks about being humble, have you ever heard C.S. Lewis definition of being humble? Yeah. Yeah. Go do it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. You put me on a spot. I don't know. Okay. So his definition of being humble is not that you don't think about yourself or think highly of yourself, but you think less about yourself. Okay. So like you have confidence in the ability of you being able to do it, but you aren't caught up in that. Yeah. And I think like, that's like the truest form of humbleness is like, Cause I think so many people are like, I suck at everything. You know, like they do that thing. I suck at everything. And you're like not being humble. If you say that you suck at everything because you're saying that I'm the best at sucking, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think there's like this world that you can live in where it's like, um, I'm confident in my abilities, but I'm not going to concentrate on my abilities. Yeah. 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 And I think that's like where the magic happens where it's like Chris, like I think of Chris Stapleton is like this person who truly feels like, a person that I know, I feel like I know Chris Stapleton and he's amazing, but he doesn't flaunt. It's not a flaunting. It's just like he exudes his confidence and his ability. And because he, he lives in that space, I love him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what Jen and I have been chasing after. And it's, it, it's, it's like conscious. I don't want to say it's inauthentic because we're conscious about it. But again, like uh, being a, an Enneagram four, um, like 
I like I'm truly like emotion is like the base. Like I, I hate fakeness. I hate it. Yeah. Like I truly, and I hate surface level, like surface level. Like it's like life is too short. I don't have time for surface level. If we're going to talk, let's go there, you know, kind of a thing. And so like, that is my, that's kind of like our whole, like our concert. Like that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about is like, let's go there. Like I know that you're not perfect and stop. Let's all fake. Let's put the guards down because I'm sick of it kind of a thing. And let's go there. So that's kind of what we've been chasing after. And truly like that's our, like our number one compliment is like, thank you. Thank you for being real with me. I'm tired of people not being real with me kind of a thing. And like, that was really inspiring because we went there kind of a thing. So yeah. So that's what, that's what we've been after. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, blessings on all that you're doing, man. I have questions for you though. Okay. Because Okay. We're going to talk about this. Why are you passionate about men's ministry? Because I have some theories and philosophies well, about let's that. Let's do another episode. Are then. you sure? Yeah, let's okay, do another okay, cool. episode. All right. You're down with that? Yes. yes. Right, awesome. Let's yes. do it. Okay. Well, it's your thing. Don't worry. You'll hear the rest of that conversation in a couple of weeks. We'll talk about Christian manhood and men's ministry. Um, make sure you tune in next week to hear Professor Mark Paustian come on and talk about relationships. And then uh, Seth will be on again the week after that. So make sure you're tuning in. Hope you have a great week, guys. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.